welcome to Tripod, our travel retail-themed podcast series in collaboration with the SEVA Group. I'm Martin Moody. I'm Roger Jackson. Good to be with you again, Roger. And before we chat about your issue of the week, tell us about the special guest that we've got on the program today. Uh, we've got a real special guest, actually, someone I consider as a friend. So uh, Rudy Gestelskins from Heinemann, probably one of our biggest characters in uh, travel retail. Definitely the best dressed person in travel retail. He's always impeccable. Um, and he has got some stories to tell. I don't think we're going to be able to do him justice on our podcast this week. So we might have to get him back on again. But yeah, really looking forward to getting uh, Rudy Grant in a few minutes. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And what about your issue of the week, Roger? I wouldn't necessarily call it an issue, actually. I thought what was really interesting, Martin, is Heinemann had their press conference this week for their end of year results. Uh, they raised nine sort of key points, which I think were all really valid, actually. And fair play to those guys after a really tough year to do a virtual um, you know, conference like that for all the press and media. Fantastic, very transparent, very open. And I think that really helps you know, suppliers, competitors, but most importantly, the industry that you know, when one of the top five guys talk in such detail, they share that knowledge with the rest of the industry. They raised nine key points, which has been all over our trade press. So I'm not going to um, talk about all nine, but the two that I've picked out to talk to uh, on the podcast this week is two of them. So the first one, recovery. Uh, Heinemann came out and said, look, this is a longer term recovery than we all expected. They're seeing 2023, not a full recovery, but before we start seeing a decent level. And I think they're about right with that. You know, My gut feeling and from what I've read, I think they're probably right. And the most interesting thing that came out of the nine points was actually around digital competition. I think we hear a lot about, oh, Amazon's our competitor, um, you know, and in other countries, different, you know, providers of, uh, you know, online shopping. What Heinemann came out and said, look, actually, whilst they're concerns, um, and of course they always will be, they called out the biggest concern for our industry is distractions. And I think it's not new, but it's great that uh, one of the big retailers is calling this out because, you know, they mentioned Disney Plus, they mentioned Netflix, you know, streaming, you know, YouTubers, all of those things that we know, they all take up dwell time in an airport. And more and more, and especially the younger generations, that's what they do. The minute they get in the airport, they sit down in a coffee shop, they fire up their iPads or their smartphones, and they just basically consume media or even podcasts. So I think we have got a huge job in travel retail to really ensure that, especially the younger generations, when they come into our um, environment as in terms of airports or other travel retail categories, they are really excited and they want to shop there. And I think we've all got a huge job to do this. Penetration, as everyone knows, has stayed static, about 12% in travel retail. And it stayed static as passenger numbers before 2019, of course, just grew. And we're expecting, you know, between 6 and 7% CAGA on passenger numbers and our penetration remains the same. So essentially, we, you know, as an industry, we're losing shoppers. Um, so very important that we all focus on that. But great, uh, Feynman, I really enjoyed the sessions that I uh, listened to from them and good on them for them coming out uh, in a really difficult time for them. Yeah, good on them indeed, because that press conference has been a highlight of, of my calendar. Uh, for several years, always go to Hamburg and we have a 
very candid and open conversation with a company that historically was quite closed. They've been more open in recent times and much more upfront about Heinemann branding and communication. What I saw at that meeting was the, the strength of tradition in Heinemann, the heritage of you know 140 plus years, but also that fusion with very modern thinking that you've just referred to. And of course, the company now in the younger hands of um, Max Heinemann, who, who, who's doing a very good job. It was interesting to see that the annual report was also uh, branded uh, as a CSR report. So uh, that was one of my takeouts as well, that Heinemann is putting sustainability and corporate social responsibility in general right to the forefront. Um, I also noted um, a key takeout was reference to a red line, a red line for Heinemann. Uh, when it comes to contract terms. So the Heinemann of the future is not going to get in any sort of tender bid uh, where, where they think um, excessive requirements are, are needed. Um, more on that in, in our report. Uh, interesting also, just to close, that uh, Heinemann did reiterate uh, that they will be attending the TFWA World Exhibition in Cannes. They acknowledge it's going to be a much smaller show, but they will be there and they're supportive of the event. So I think it's important uh, to point that out. But it was, uh, it was a very good press conference indeed. Um, now, staying on things Heinemann, uh, it's time now, Roger, to introduce a very special guest. Yeah, let's bring him in. So this episode's special guest is Rudiger Stelkins, the Purchase Director, Liquor, Tobacco and Confectionery at Gebra Heinemann. Welcome, Rudiger. Yeah, hi, good to see you and uh, uh, nice to meet you, Martin and, and Roger, see you live, uh, but of course it would be much better to meet in person uh, because I really miss traveling, I must say, you know, I mean, it has been 18 months now, uh, my last trip was coming back from Cape Town from holiday in March uh, 2020 when the pandemic started, uh, South Africa was fine that day, and then we went into an offline modus here, you know, more or less, yeah. and since then I didn't fly again. Yeah, but indeed, good to see you. Indeed, Rudiger, and uh, I was very pleased. I was very pleased to see your senior management uh, this week at the Heinemann press conference. The first time that's been held virtually. As you know, we normally fly over to Hamburg, and it's a, a wonderful day. Always culminates in a wonderful lunch with some very good wine. So we couldn't do that this year. But I, it was a very, I thought, uplifting press conference. Very candid in and honest in Heinemann style but also optimistic and looking forward to a better future. And it was clear that Heinemann is committed to the long-term and believes in the long-term uh, for duty-free. So that was, that was really good. And we, we might touch on the um, trading climate um, through today, but today's more informal. It's to let our viewers know a little bit more about Rudika Stelkin. So I'm gonna pass over to my co-host, Roger Jackson from the SIVA Group. Roger, take us away. Rudiger, uh, uh, since the last time I saw you, you look quite a bit different. So you're looking amazing. What's uh, what's happened in lockdown? Yeah, I mean, as I as I said, I mean, my last trip has been uh, uh, Cape Town with my family, and we enjoyed life, of course, very much. March 2020, but to be honest, I was far overweighted. Yeah, it's really honest. I mean, I was about 103 kilos. And when I came back in the office here to work on the 14th of March, uh, half of the team was already working home office and 
Then within a couple, for me, I, I was quite shocked because South Africa was fine at uh, that time uh, with COVID. Um, and so I was quite shocked here. And then uh, within a couple of days, I had to go into home office as well, which I never did in my whole life. And I couldn't believe that that can work. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, was coming to lunchtime. I was sitting at home and said, oh, my goodness, there's no restaurants where we can go now. Uh, because we have some beautiful places here in Hamburg, as you might know. So no glass of wine, no pasta vongole. So I started to have a salad with my wife and uh, we went out with a dog. And then in the evening, I said, okay, maybe I use my home trainer again and try to lose some weight now. Now's the chance because no traveling, no lunches, no dinner parties. No? Yeah, and I started. And then within six to eight months, I lost 50 pounds. And uh, so it was not a diet no? because I skipped now the sugar and... and um, are skipping uh, the white pasta, so I'm eating brown pasta now. Um, but I'm still on 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 my beloved whiskey and wine. That would be the last thing to skip. So I'm fine, absolutely yeah. fine. And I think I've gone through it now. It's all good, and I still do my training and so on. And it's much better also on the mental um, um, health uh, optic. No? It's good. Yeah, good. And, and, and cigars, I hope. Yeah, but I have to be careful because if I'm not so much on weight, um, I have to have some food base before I have a cigar. Other guy, otherwise, I go dizzy. No? <laughs> yeah. nah. well, you, look, you look fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, probably the only story that I can share of our time working together. I uh, and Martin, I've not told you this, so you'll enjoy this. Um, so I, um, when I was obviously at Diageo, we, uh, the person who'd been managing the account, um, good friend actually, Michael Metzner, good friend of both of ours, he still works with Diageo in Germany and a bit of a travel retail hero. He was leaving, so we we obviously had to find a replacement. And um, before we, I'd rung Rudiger to tell him, look, you know, we're making a change. We bought in a, um, an agency, uh, you know, to try and uh, find, you know, to try and find a candidate. So I have this call with this agency in London and I said, look, this is the role. Uh, they've not heard of Heinemann before because they were a UK-based agency. So I went down the list and I'm like, yeah, we need someone with grocery, uh, off-trade experience, but lots of experience. I want someone who's really, you know, worked hard in the industry and has got a great, great reputation. Someone who's really commercial. If they could have a procurement background, that would be amazing. Maybe have worked in a couple of countries. Uh, they said, do they need to be German speaking? I said, yeah, look, if they could speak German, I said, you know, that'd be fantastic as well. And she said, oh, do you want someone who's, you know, worked with Heinemann before? And I said, look, you know, if you can get all of those things and they've got experience of Heinemann, I said, that would be amazing. So she goes, look, no problem. Give me three days. So by this point, I've not said anything to Rudiger. And anyone who's listening to this will know Rudiger's very well connected. Anyway, my phone goes about three days later and it's Rudiger. I'm like, hi, you, you okay? And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, are you looking for someone new for, you know, the Heinemann role? And I went, um, yeah, we are. I said, you know, how do you know? He said, well, look, he said, I think I've got a great candidate for you. And I said, right. So by this part, I'm a bit, you know, a bit scared, like Rudiger's well-connected. I'm thinking of his third. The recruitment agent had run Rudiger to get him in, the, in for the job. So... Oh, <laughs> She'd only gone and looked on LinkedIn and rang Rudiger and tried to get him in for the job that we were advertising for. Mm. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember it, Rudiger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a small world, no? but you know, if you, if you, uh, let's go to an agency, you know how these people are. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. So it was. You're all very connected. Yeah. Well, anyway, obviously, yeah. really, really yeah. good thing come to work for Diageo. He, uh, he stayed with Heinemann. So talking about Heinemann, um, I know it all started for you in your career in 1990 with the Metro Group. And you have got probably, well, pretty much certainly the most interesting career that I've ever come across. And every time I see you face to face, I always ask you the same story, especially about Harrods and Princess Diana and Dodie and all of those great times. So if you could start off at, I guess, a fresh faced Rudiger joining Metro Group in 1990, but if you can also talk about some of those amazing things you've shared with me in the past about Harrods, that would be amazing. I mean, I don't think that uh, our time lasts, uh, uh, we need maybe half a day now, but I'll try to uh, keep myself short. Uh, and I agree, I had a fantastic career so far, a lot of fun. I, if I have one headline, it says, uh, play hard and work hard. Huh? So, yeah, as you said, I mean, after I left school in 1985, I joined the Metro Group as an apprenticeship in a German department store um, in a food hall uh, because, I mean, there was no question what to do after school because my father was in the food business. My grandpa had a, a little food uh, a corner outlet here in Germany in the 60s. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm grown up with food and drinks now. Uh, so I had my apprenticeship, uh, which lasts uh, two and a half years. And uh, then immediately I went into traineeship in that department store. And then in 1989, um, I got promoted as assistant general manager and they sent me already to Hamburg. So I used to live in Hamburg uh, beforehand in 89 when I was 22. Of course, a different life because uh, no wife, no kids. Yeah, and you know Hamburg a little bit, nice bars and, and discotheques, etc. But again, work hard and play hard. <laughs> um, then after a year, I got promoted to general manager of the food hall here in Hamburg, um, which I yeah, stayed here till 92. And in 92, a headhunter called me and said, listen, um, uh, we're looking for someone um, for an international department store group based in London as a RS sales manager. Are you interested to talk? I said, yeah, why not? Huh? Uh, so I had my interview, I was flying over to London, and Martin, you know it comes, uh, I had my interview with Frank Matz, which you might know. Frank used to be, uh, after his Harrods time, the vice president of uh, DFS uh, based in San Francisco as a liquor and uh, tobacco man. Huh? So I was over for, for a day for an interview in Harrods, and uh, I had my interview with several directors um, of the department store, and of course with Frank, and then Frank took me up to the chairman, which was Mohamed al Fayyad. I've if I had those days. To be honest, I didn't know all the stories about Mohammed beforehand. Uh, and so I went into the chairman's office, okay, nice girls, left and right hand side the secretaries, a big carpet because he's also the owner of the Ritz Hotel in Paris. And then Mohammed came into a small meeting room, a sofa chair. He came into, sat into the chair, his foot on the table, no shoes on, he looked at me and said, What do you want? I said, So I want to work, work for you. Uh-huh. What is your father doing? said, he's in food business as well. And he looked at me, okay, you get the job. Said, oh, okay. I don't have time. Don't waste my time. I said, yeah, I have one question, sir. He said, what is it? What is about my salary? He said, I don't fucking care about money. You sort that out with my human resource manager. Of course, <laughs> money was the lowest salary you can imagine. 
because when I went to Catherine, who was former HR director, and she said to me, Rüdiger, this is what I can offer to you. If, if you don't like it, um, yeah, go home. No? I said, okay, that's good negotiation skills. And yeah, and then I got the job. And, and three months later, I started in, in Harrods as area sales manager. Of course, it was quite shocking because I came over to London just with some school English. No? And um, so it was training on the job. Yeah. So um, working in the food hall behind every single counter. Um, and then you had to deal with those Knightsbridge and, and Chelsea uh, high sophisticated people. And of course, as soon as I realized that you are German, it was not so easy. Um, but I did it and we had a lot of fun. And in the evening in Soho, Cafe Bohem and Soho House. And, uh, and I love London. I, I love, my wife and I, we love London. Yeah? yeah. And then after four years, so working closely with Frank Marx. Yeah. And after four years, Frank left Harrods to DFS and there was a new food director coming, etc. And I was thinking about what to do next. And uh, uh, Kaufhof, the company here in Germany, which I was working for, were always in contact with me. So when chairman of Kaufhof was coming over to Harrods, I showed him the food hall, explained what Harrods is about, etc. And then they hired a headhunter to headhunt me back. <laughs> so then in 96, um, I moved back to Germany, mid of 96. And, um, and uh, yeah, I went to Hanover. And I became general manager of the food hall there, of the department so group of the Metro. Um, and then um, also Kaufhof within the contract, they offered me uh, to do studying on economics and marketing uh, uh, just to, uh, for my future career, uh, which I did. So um, during my stay in Hanover, um, there was the Expo, the World Exhibition in year 2000. So I was... Uh, working very close with the expo together on food promotions, on different German uh, food products. Uh, that was a great time. And then uh, end of 2000, uh, uh, the board uh, came to me of Metro and said, listen, guy, you do a fantastic job. We need you in our head office in Cologne and we want you to become the chief buyer. I said, yeah, fine, I do that. Um, and in Hanover, I met my wife. Right? We were, weren't engaged in Hanover, that happened later. When I come back to South Africa, Martin. <laughs> um, so, but, but, uh, so um, I said, for which categories? And they said, yeah, we need someone for cheese, uh, fish products, and uh, wines and spirits. That's okay. My beloved products. I cannot start tomorrow morning. I said, no, no, no. We have to find a replacement. You are listening to The Tripod with Roger and Martin. Yeah. And then, um, I got engaged with my wife then in year 2000, end of 2000, yeah, 2001, we got married. Uh, so we moved over to Cologne um, and that was working then as a chief buyer for the department so group in charge for the whole of Germany. Um, nice product groups on a, on a high luxury products, of course, department store. Uh, and then after six years, I thought to myself, so I'm 39 now, what comes next? So, and uh, they offered me a talent management to become a director, but the options in the Metro Group formally was to uh, go to cash and carry or to supermarket. Uh, and I already had a feeling that the Metro Group will get rid of Kaufhof, the department store, which happened now because Kaufhof is merged with uh, Karstadt and they are now part of the Signal, Signal Group of, of René Bensko. So it was good that I left there. But, you know, I mean, then I then in, in the, um, after uh, so in 2008, 
I became a call over from a headhunter and, and, and she said to me, listen, are you uh, want, want to talk because I can offer a job. Uh, we are looking for someone, a director for uh, food and drinks um, for travel retail company in Germany. I said, who, who might that be? She said, I cannot tell you, we have to talk first. I said, there's only one travel retail company in Germany, which is called Heinemann, and they're based in Frankfurt. She, she said, no, no, they're based in Hamburg. I said, okay, thanks, it's Heinemann. Thanks for confirming. Because Heinemann was not well known beforehand. Yeah, No one knew on domestic who Heinemann is, because Heinemann was also not visible. Because in 2009, we started with the first Heinemann outlet here in Hamburg, as you might remember. So 2008, no one knew Heinemann. Huh? Yeah, and then I came over to Hamburg, had my interviews here in Hamburg with Klaus and, and Gunnar and, and of course Kai and Adi Pasek, my former, no, Adi, you know yeah. Adi. So it was quite intense interview, especially with Kai, uh, to talking about products. It took about three hours. No? And at the end of the day, it was done. I drove back to Cologne. I told my wife, I said, okay, we have to move to Hamburg. I'm sorry to say, but, uh, and my wife is coming from the northern part of Germany anyhow. She said, okay, fine, let's move to Hamburg. Yeah, and then I started to eight here. Exciting times that we had the last couple. I mean, since, I mean, international, uh, I was missing on German domestic mar market. I was missing the international part, huh? which I love here. And to work with luxury uh, products, yeah. And when you were at Harrod, uh, Rudiger, did you see Princess Diana, Dodie? Uh, what honest, like? I mean, in the morning, Jarrell Hall came in for photo shooting in the perfumery hall. Yeah, the store was closed. Of course, all the guys went over to perfumery to look to Jerry Hall, a huh? fantastic woman. Uh, then on a Saturday, Sylvester Stallone came in to the sandwich counter. And I, saw, I, I noticed him and, and I said to one of my uh, uh, people behind the counter, I said, uh, Colin, immediately slice here, serve him before we have a chaos. Within five minutes, chaos. Chinese people recognized Sylvester Stallone. So security came and said to Sylvester Stallone that he has to leave the department. <laughs> then we had Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Um, I was serving Cher because she has a flat in Chelsea. She was coming in early morning. So I was going around with her in the food hall chair. Oh, amazing woman. And then, uh, then a guy in a wheelchair always came in, an elderly guy. And I didn't know who he was, but... Uh, he, he somehow liked me. We were always talking and I was driving him around in the food hall. Huh? And I saw that my employee is always watching. Huh? And then I said, why are you watching? You don't know who that is. I said, no, James Coburn. I said, who's James Coburn? Yeah. And then I understood who he is. Huh? Yeah. So, and of course, when Diana was coming in, there was always a private service suite of Harrods. Um, she came in on a Saturday with uh, sneakers and jeans and no one noticed her. Of course, we knew huh? because we saw the guys of the private service suite. Yeah, and Dodi. And I must say, Dodi, true, not an easy guy. Uh, I mean, terrible what all happened, no doubt. Eh? And I was also in tears in 96 when it happened. Eh? Yeah. But to be honest, when Dodi came in and he went to the um, salt beef bar and he was not that happy, immediately I knew what happened. Eh? A couple of hours later, someone of Mohammed office came and the chef was fired. Uh, yeah. It was a nightmare. But on the other hand, Mohamed, he did everything for his employees. If someone was sick, he was paying for the bill. Um, I mean, absolutely amazing person. Uh, of course, he didn't have an easy time in London. 
I think he moved back to Switzerland now uh, after he sold to the Carter family. And when I see the food halls now nowadays, I must say I'm a little bit uh, disappointed because it's more about F&B. Uh, I mean, the Qataris running uh, uh, the business now. Um, it is not like in the 80s and 90s, uh, to be honest. Huh? But when I'm walking into Harrods now, I always see some familiar faces and we chat about good old times. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, was good. And also the Chelsea football players. You know how much I'm in football, yeah? I mean, Hood yeah. Hullet came in and we had a lot of fun with Hood Hullet. He was a former Chelsea coach. Yeah. And you know that I'm supporter of Borussia Mönchengladbach heavily. I mean, yeah, great. Yeah. And what about Heinemann now? So I guess, what, what's been the highlights for you? I think 14 years there so far. Yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, to be honest, for me, it was the best what could happen to join here, a family company quite close to Klaus and Gunnar. And, and I mean, my stories with Kai, I mean, traveling with Kai was amazing. And I remember my first business trip in 2009 brought me to the Dominican Republic because Kai realized that I don't smoke any cigars. So I had to fly with him to the Dominican Republic. And who joined us? Fred, from formerly Sunrise Duty Free. And you know, Fred is uh, smoking 10 cigars a day. You know? So Fred and Kai and Christian Vontron, formerly Davidoff, and Kat, uh, Fred and Kai teach me how to smoke cigars. On the first day in the Dominican Republic, I said to Fred and Kai, I have to quit now because I'm green and blue. And I wouldn't, I couldn't fly home then on a Saturday if I continued to smoke. But since then, I'm smoking cigars, and we had a lot of other business trips, which were really great fun. But again, you know, Kai, hardworking, hard negotiation, good results, uh, great exclusive products, and I think, yeah, from from Asia over to America, here in Europe, we had great business trips, absolutely. Yeah, I remember, Rudiger, that uh, Kai telling me a similar story, how he got inducted into cigars. He used to go to the meetings in, the, in Paris with the perfume houses with Harry Deal. Harry used to smoke all day. They were in a tiny room. He, Kai was in, ensconced in smoke, so he thought, well, if you can't beat him, join him. And he started smoking Absolutely. cigars as well. Great story. The first introduction here in Heinemann in 2008, which I had to do, was to introduce myself to Harry even though he was out of business already. And till today, Harry and I and his wife, Louis Ming, we have lunch together because we're living nearby. Yeah. Great people, great people. Absolute, absolute legend, a, a beautiful man and still going strong at, at, at his age. Great, great, to, great to see him. Back to you, Roger, you've got a few more questions and then we'll go visit our desert island with Rudiger. I guess, Rudiger, a bit linked to what you said, who've been the sort of key influences for you, uh, you know, whether it's with Heinemann or Harrods or Metro Group or the other businesses you've worked, who's really been, uh, I know you mentioned Kai, but, you know, who's been really a big part of your career? To be honest, it's quite easy to answer because at the end of the day, during my time here in Germany, when I left school and, and got promoted to this and that, I had a father in business was also working in, in, in the department. So, and he kicked my ass quite heavily or often. Huh? It was coming up to the point where I said, you're not my father, yeah, leave me alone. But at the end of the day, I'm really thankful because sometimes I lost a little bit track uh, in terms of job and was partying too much. Um, looking to Harrods, it was definitely Frank Matz. Frank and I, we are still close friends. He lives in New York now. And once in a while we have a chat and we meet each other, a great person, Frank. And here in Heinemann, of course, it's Kai, no doubt, uh, but also Klaus. Huh? I mean, Klaus, he's a businessman. 
and really appreciate the relationship. And we're talking so much about currency development, uh, about Turkey, Russia, and, and the political stuff behind, and assortment. You know, he loves to Klaus loves tobacco and so on. And yeah, great, absolutely. All right, Rudiger, I know um, that you're a great lover of wine, so you're in a right role for that because I have to say, Heinemann's been a great champion of the wine category. I've always felt that it it deserved um, a bigger place at the table, and I'm delighted always when I go through a Heinemann store to see that you do exactly that. Tell us about your wine journey. How did you come to fall in love with wine, and and uh, what's your partiality in terms of wines of the world? I mean, quite easy, because at the end of the day, that was also in relation when I met my wife and when, or no, when we got engaged. Remember in Hanover, I told you? That was in uh, 1999 or year 2000. And in that year, um, I took part in a business trip with, a, with some wine people to South Africa. And my wife's parents used to own a house, a summer house in Stellenbosch. And my wife, now she was in Stellenbosch at the same time. So she joined us on the wine trip. And I said, okay, I prolonged for a week. Yeah, so we're visiting a lot of vineyards in Constantia and Stellenbosch in Franschhoek. Um, and still have a lot of friends there who own vineyards and I love those African wines. So, and then my wife and I were getting engaged in Cape Town, funny enough. Nah? And our kids are called Rake, like the South African first name. And Kimberley, like the diamond hole. Um, so, uh, no, and that is when I was becoming uh, more involved into wines. Um, and I think I have visited hundreds of, of uh, vineyards and wine cellars. And, and uh, yeah, I, I have a passion for South African wines, I must say. No? But also international wines, of course. I mean, I drink a lot, but yeah. Okay. okay. Well, we might talk a little bit more about wine as we take you Rudiger to our resident desert island where we take all our guests and give you a little bit of leisure time it's been tough during during the past few months so we're taking you to this paradise place Roger I'll hand over to you to see what uh, Rudiger would like to take there with him yeah I've got absolutely no idea how Rudiger's going to answer this question <laughs> but on this I, I'm, I'm uh, waiting with bated breath on the desert island, Rudiger, you're allowed to bring some music. Um, so what song is it and who, which artist? Naya, I mean, it will be definitely something from U2 because that was in younger days. Uh, I love U2 and the old stuff like Sunday Bloody Sunday and with the streets have no name. But also the new stuff, I mean, of Coldplay. My wife, have, I have been to a concert in Cape Town a couple of years ago and amazing atmosphere. So Chris Martin. Great, yeah. absolutely. It's a good mix. Yeah, good choices there. Really good choices. So with that music, you've got, let's say, you two playing. Uh, you've got a bit of time on this desert island. Uh, what book would you take? Not an easy question. Um, I mean, latest, uh, which is an amazing book, was uh, the story of Jeff Bezos of Amazon. But to be honest, I'm, I'm waiting for the book of Angela Merkel, our chancellor, the biography. She used to be 16 years. She's stepping down September and this book I'm definitely going to read. And hopefully it's available when I'm going on that island. Yeah, good choice. And that book is going to be very special. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get that book to you. Don't worry. Now, we're also going to fly 
three people in for a dinner party on the island with you, Rudiger. You can have anyone in the world, um, past or present, from history, from today, from family, from work, from politics, from sport. Who would they be? Oh, okay. It's uh, not my wife and family. I understood that. So it will be definitely <coughs> Colin Firth. Definitely. I love him as an actor. The British sense of humor, a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, then I would take Elton John as well. I love his music and he's a great man. And probably Kylie Minogue. Kylie? <laughs> yeah, well, fun. But the three people, a lot of fun, I think. Where you can have wines and, and a lot of chats. And, and I think so. Great, great dinner party. Yeah. That is some certain, uh, that really is a decent dinner party. So you're going to have some good music there uh, and uh, some good laughter as well. Definitely, definitely. All right. And uh, what about duty-free items, Rudiger? You will, have, of course, flown out of a German airport. We can't let you not buy duty-free. So we normally only allow one item, don't we, Roger? But I guess given that you represent three categories, Rudiger, we might let you have we might let you have some more. What would they be? That's very fair of you, Martin, because one item is, is not possible for me. So it would be definitely a nice single mall from Speyside. I don't want to mention a brand now, but it must be a nice single mall huh? for enjoyment and pleasure. And the other one would be a great Bordeaux blend style wine, even though it might be quite hot on a desert island, uh, but uh, should be a nice uh, Bordeaux blend from Cabernet Sauvignon Mellow, Cabernet Franc, and uh, Petit Verdot. Uh, probably an Ernie L signature blend, Ernie L's from South Africa. Um, and then, of course, I need to take a cigar, and if it will be available, a Behike 52. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Very nice. Very choice. And so you've been on the desert island. COVID is way in the distance. So thank God we, uh, we've moved away from COVID. Where would you go on holidays your next place? The minute you can fly with the family, what's your, your next holiday? To be honest, definitely with the family. I mean, not Cape Town, but it's um, New Zealand and Australia. That is on our highest list. And uh, I took my wife to Singapore when she was turning 50 and we love Asia. I mean, we had such a great time and I'd love to travel to Asia, but it uh, will be then more far uh, to New Zealand and, and uh, also that's on our bucket list on, on, and Australia, definitely. definitely. Well, fantastic choice, especially the New Zealand part, of course. Yeah, really I think so. Yeah. so if you've only got a limited time, I'll say put New Zealand at the top of your list, even though I have many, many Australian friends, but I got to put it in plug for my home country. Rudiger, it's been absolutely fantastic to hear your journey. What a great journey it's been. And uh, there's a lot lies ahead, as we, we know. You work for a great company, but you're also a great part of it and a, and a great guy. A new slimline great guy, as we've discovered today. And you look fantastic. Lockdown has been good for Rudiger Stelkins. Roger, I'll hand over to you for the final word. Rudiger, uh, thank you so much for giving your time. It, as always, your stories are amazing and we could probably have done about two hours on those Harrod stories because every time I see you, I think, you know, I ask you the same question. Princess Diana, Dodie and all of that. So I'm sure we can do that another time. But just big thanks and I really hope to see you soon so we can have a drink and uh, uh, catch up. Yeah, maybe we see the Glasgow Rangers next time. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assertive, assertive. Okay, no, thanks very much. It was really, really great really to good. see you. And have a good weekend, right? And you. Have a great Cheers. holiday. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Take care. Roger, what a brilliant guest. Yeah, I knew the minute Rudiger uh, said he'd come on, I knew we had a bit of golf, but uh, I think we could have gone on for a lot longer. Uh, big thanks to Rudiger. Um, you know, obviously, you know, my time at Diageo, me and Rudiger didn't always see eye to eye commercially, uh, but he's always been a good friend and we always kept it really professional. But he's someone, whenever I'm in Hamburg or if he's in Dubai, we always lock each other up. So uh, it was great to have him on. It was indeed. All right. Well, we'll look forward, Roger, to another very special guest next week. Um, but until then, it's Martin Moody saying, see you next week. See you next week.